Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. It's right. always like it. Okay, so we're going to get right back started. As you all know, I'm Bishop L.J. Gillery. I'm your host uh, of the Ambassador Press Show. Welcome. Uh, I have my guest here because we, you know, we're getting ready to discuss the Black history, Black history in America. My host, uh, my guest tonight is from Texas, and to 2020, we still have bigotry, racism, and more importantly, we have just a pure fleecing. The, the the degradation to which African Americans suffer in small little pockets of uh, Texas and, and Wyoming and in California and in places where there's not enough of them to change the demographics of the political seats being held uh, in terms of the city council, the county uh, uh, commissioners, the judges. So we have African Americans that every day uh, find themselves victims of just being black, victims of right. not being, being accepted uh, as an American. My guest tonight, uh, she's going to tell you her name and her story. Uh, she was abused not only by the tragedy that took place, but by the system. In the in, even after being awarded money compensation. She did not get the justice that she was supposed to receive. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Well, thank you. Tell me how you your first name, at least. And uh, let's get let's get down to business and tell me what happened to you. Okay. Uh, you need me to tell you my name first? What's your first name? Marie. So, Marie, tell us what happened to you. Um, uh, in 2008, November the 18th, I was working at this cleaners, cleaners, and I was pressing jeans. And uh, the boss would always tell me when to let the to turn the pants. So when I went to turn the pants, he was working on it from behind. He would let it up and down. But this mo- that morning, he let it up. Told me to turn the pants. When I turned the pants. The, the top of it fell back down on my hand. He ran around and snatched my hand from under there, and he was telling me, please don't pass out, please don't pass out. But if he had tried to let it up from behind, my hand would have burned all the way off. So he carried me up front. He called he called the ambulance. He had the people to call him. And uh, I had to go to Herman Hospital in Houston, Texas. But uh, And then later when I found out they wasn't going to help me, uh, I got an attorney out of Beaumont, Mike Lindsay. And uh, when we went to court, they gave me the the jury granted gave me. Uh, he was 
he was suing for five hundred thousand, but they gave me two hundred thirty-five thousand, which I never received. And uh, they was charging five percent a year on, I mean, five percent interest on the money. And it went up to two hundred sixty-six thousand. That was my last of knowing how much it was. And uh, since then, he offered me little amounts of money, like. He offered me three thousand. He offered me five thousand. The last offer was eight thousand. He he just gave me the runaround. He I feel like my case had been selling, but he don't want to give me any of the money. And the bankruptcy court, when the man filed bankruptcy, uh, the the uh, they told me when I called to see about the eighteen thousand dollars that he had showed us on a. He showed me and Pastor, uh, oh, what's his name? Pastor Lewis, Ray Lewis. He showed us a thing where we were supposed to get $18,000 from bankruptcy. Okay. When I called about it, they told me my name wasn't, my name wasn't by the case number, and I asked them whose was bad. And uh, they informed me that uh, April Lindsay's name was bad. And so they, uh, when I asked him about the bankruptcy money, he told me it wasn't no more bankruptcy money. He had gave me like $800 of <laughs> And then he told me that it wasn't no more. But they let me know that I needed to get some help. They told me they wasn't supposed to tell me that, but I needed to get somebody to help me with that. Now, you're saying uh, you're, 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 you're talking about your attorney? Yes, Mike Lindsay. So your attorney has been um, jerking me around, Lyon. I I don't want to use those terms, particularly when you me I can't. Um, okay. He he has well he hasn't been ethical. That's for one thing. No. And you know I know you know I've sent you to different attorneys, and yes. when, when they find out that you're East Texas. Yes. They really don't want to get involved because of the judges and the things that go on down in East Texas. Right. That right. That's right. And the judges, they eat lunch, they smoke cigars, and hang out with these attorneys. They all know each other. They're friends. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're uh, family members sometimes. But most indubitably, they're white. They're not right. African-American. But I like the way you said it. I say they're not white. You say right. They're not right either, huh? Um, they white. <laughs> they are white. <laughs> they're white. The, the saddest thing, America, is I want you to know that you know when Trump was able to uh, put judges on the benches, uh, and he put conservative judges. I don't have a problem with a conservative judge. I have a problem with an unfair, unlawful judge. I have a, I have a problem with a corrupt judge. I have a problem when you have attorneys that are uh, in certain areas. And if you don't hire them, then most indubitably you lose your case. Right. Uh, if you do hire them, most indubitably you still don't get the money. <laughs> now, most people right. say, how does a person get awarded $266,000 and that person's attorney gets anything, anything, a nickel, and that person doesn't get the money. I mean, first of all, the money is supposed to go into a trust 
which the attorney is not supposed to touch. Um, <laughs> this, See, he wants me to come in and sign my rights away. He wants you he to want come me to in. come in. Yes, he wants me to come to his office and sign some papers. Uh, he want to give me $8,000, and he want me to sign papers saying that uh, I'll never bother him again about this case and, you know, like giving it all up to him and just accept the 8000 He represented you, and then he didn't represent you, right? Right. For a long time, he didn't represent you. Right. And then he got back on the case when you start talking to other attorneys and trying to file complaints with him at the bar. Is that correct? Yes, it is. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So, and he would tell the other attorneys when they would call him that regardless to whether they settled the case or not, he still won his uh, percentage, which is one-third of the case, correct? Well, he's saying, uh, he's saying now that it was uh, 40% at first, he said. Okay, now it's 50% of everything. He gave well, well, it's supposed to be split three ways. Yeah, three ways, right. Uh-huh. The hospital, him, and me. But, but they're not trying to give you anything. They're trying to give you settlements on your already... One case, yes. Wow. Wow. You know, America, I, I just want you all to know these are the things that come up, and these are the things that happen, and you can't believe them. You can't believe them until you start... Oh, no looking into it and you know Marie came to me because of a person that I know that has brought justice I I still in fact I preached my first sermon in Texas in his father's uh, church there in Center Texas and uh, Reverend Cotton introduced me to his kids and and of course I met Noel um, was a funeral home Sid Robbins funeral home and that's how Marie uh, was introduced to me and yes. for years, I thought this case had been settled. I thought that she had been paid. Um, but in the South, this is what happens. And this oh, is what we concern ourselves when we say there are some people who won't receive justice. And, you know, the uh, guy that owned the cleaners, Larry Hallam, okay. he has insurance. He had insurance at the time, but since then... A white girl that used to work there with us, she good friends with them, but she, you know, she's kind of two-faced, so she tells me what go on, too. She told me Larry Hallam went there three years ago and signed signed the uh, equipment over to the guy that was buying it from him so mm-hmm. his name could stay out of it this time. But he was in the lawsuit, but they didn't pressure the issue. Wow. Now, he tried to give me 10000 at the courthouse, and uh, my attorney wanted me to take the 10000 Uh So I told him, I said, no. I said, if I accept $10,000, I said, then the judge is going to tell me I'll let the man get away with the who had the insurance for $10,000. Okay. And yeah, see, Mike a- Lindsay had told me, he said, we're going to go ahead and sue Larry Hallam because he has insurance on the place, but then he got buddy-buddy with Larry Hallam then and decided not to put him in the lawsuit. 
after I wouldn't take the 10000 at the courthouse. Well, the best thing that we can do uh, at the National Ombudsman and Ombudsman International is to help you to file a complaint with the bar. Now, you file one complaint with the bar, correct? Yes. And they investigated it. And Mike Lindsay told some good lies and squirmed his way out of it. But when I called her back and told her about uh he told me to find out and see what else does the man own he might can try to get me something from him. She told me she said, Oh, he's trying to put you to work and she told me to write down everything and and uh go ahead and send it to her. But I, I didn't write anything because she didn't help me the last time. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know how to put it to where she would understand where I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So at this point, how do you feel about the justice or the lack thereof that they have there in East Texas? It's no justice here. It's no justice here. Not in Jasper, Texas. Not You can't get justice from Houston, Beaumont, Jasper. They all work together. All of them. You can't even get an attorney to to right. help with nothing. Right. But, you know, yeah. at one time I talked to an older guy. He was at the federal courtroom. Mm-hmm. I said, why can't Jasper people get help when they done wrong in Jasper? He said, I'm going to tell you. My niece was standing there. It was just me and him and the niece. He said, I'm not supposed to say this, but I want you to know one thing. If y'all need help, you better go towards Dallas. Right. Like Longview, Tyler, Dallas, up that way. Say y'all cannot get help out of Beaumont nor Houston. Right. Because Mm -hmm. they have have an agreement. I was down there, as you know, uh, fighting when they hired the first black uh, chief of police uh, there in in Jasper. And Rodney that mayor, has, yeah, the mayor who has his radio show, uh, radio station, he was blasting. He said, "I'm going to recall the blacks off the council," and which he did. Mm-hmm. And he fired Mr. Pearson, Chief Pearson, as soon as they got the majority. They, oh, yeah. they recalled all the blacks except for one, and the only reason why they didn't recall him was because he had just got elected, and he had not served long enough for them to be able to recall him. But we helped uh, Mr. Pearson, Chief Pearson, to get attorneys. He, uh, in the following lawsuit, uh, he was able to, to recover $800,000 for a wrongful termination. Yes. But the city didn't care. <laughs> uh, didn't care. You know, I mean, I've had little run-ins with the uh, with uh, Mike Louth, the radio man, all that. He's, he's prejudiced. His girlfriend's prejudiced. But I spoke up at the city council meeting because me and this lady was good friends who went to school with her. And they was letting me know that Mike Loud's girlfriend was in love with a black guy and they killed him in Burtville. Right. It's about 15 or 20 miles from here. But uh, she said they killed him because she was in love with him. And I said it, I said it at the city council meeting. Uh, she don't speak to me now, which I don't care. You know, I'm, I mean, I know they don't love me. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. uh, and well, and them that come up and green and patchy in the back don't really mean it. 
point. And, 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 you know, I know my listeners are like, what kind of what? They had to kill the man. Yes. So just in case you haven't been following, Jasper, Texas is where Mr. Bird was drugged uh, to his head fell off and to his yes. death. Okay. Yes. Since then, people forgot about Jasper. But since then, four other African Americans have been murdered, hung, or, 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 or stabbed to death. They had a young man that was dating, I guess, the sheriff's daughter. And, oh, yeah. In uh, Hemphill, Texas. In Hemphill, Texas. They, they cut this man's uh, privates off. They cut his tongue out. Cut his tongue out. And they took they, his eyeballs out. He, they pulled his teeth. They yeah. did everything to him. This but is the next door neighbor went to over there when she heard something hollering. Yeah. She heard all the screaming in that barn. She went over there to see what was going on, and they told her that they was killing a wild hog. When when Pastor Lewis and his buddies went up there looking, they wanted to look in the barn. They wouldn't let them. Right. So the next day, the barn was burnt down. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the cam the camera at the store, they broke it. Right. To make sure that nobody get nothing from that. Well, consequently, um, you know, people went out and searched and looked for this kid, exactly mm-hmm. where they had uh, said that they searched is where they found the body. Yes, now, they searched it, but they didn't know they were going to go back and search it again. Right. So that's why they put the body there. Yeah. They moved the body from wherever it was and put it back. Put, well, you know, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. You know? And yeah. uh, Now, a few yeah. of the white women from up that way talked about how scantless it was for them to do that. And they said they knew uh, Afro Wright. And they say he was a good kid, which I know he was a good kid. Well, Reverend Wright, I tried to get him to help us when uh, we were, they were doing the recall. And uh, consequently, I couldn't use his church. But because uh, he said, of course, to me, he told me, Reverend Wright told me there wasn't no prejudice standing there. And uh, he wouldn't <laughs> use his church. Oh, Lord. He so was scared to talk. After they murdered his son, then he'd seen all kinds of prejudice. He'd seen all kinds uh-huh. of The Lord let him see everything that he didn't see when we were down there trying to let them realize that if you if you sign that petition to recall these African Americans for doing their job and giving uh, the city of Jasper a qualified chief of police. Now, what they didn't tell you is that this man has spent more than 20 years as a state trooper. Oh, yes. Yes, I knew that. You know, I told uh, uh, Ashley Stewart, that's that's a, one of the prejudiced white ladies that was talking down there at the city council meeting, and they was talking about him, Rodney Pearson, to the cameraman. So I walked up, and they was talking about he, was, he wasn't qualified. I said he more qualified than any man been in there. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, the the man that was holding the camera, he said, uh, what do you mean? I said, he's more qualified. She said, yeah, but he went to jail once before. I said, so did Mike Lowe for walking half naked. Right, drunk. After he wrecked the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wrecked the car. The man had, he was so, this is the mayor, was so drunk. Wow. Yeah. He wrecked his car, took off all his clothes. I don't know if he was on 
pe- just alcohol. He was that Sonic, Sonic Drive-In. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it. then they didn't want to arrest him, but he no. told them, "No, y'all got to put me in jail." But you know, it wasn't nothing to it. They just, you know, they did little things, you know, <laughs> to make us think that he really went to jail. And then he returned to his seat as mayor. Mm-hmm. And everything was just like it had always been. Oh, yeah. You know, they were going to shoot my son one time. What? Yes, my baby boy is in prison right now. Oh, they put they, they sent him because he fought the cops one time, so they sent him for a little anything. He was stumped. So they stopped the guy one night who uh, didn't have tags on his car. They stopped him, but when they saw Courtney in there, they got they let him go and got Courtney to put him in jail. That's the way they've always done him because he, he could, used to cuss them out and fight them back. Wow. They used to put them in handcuffs, spray them, and then whoop them. Wow. Yes, my son been through all that. And but this time my son was off papers and this guy from uh Beaumont, his his wife brought the guy down here. She wanted him to help her rob the guy. So he you know, he do what the women say because he had been locked up, you know, he was ready to be with the women, so him and the guy got into a little fight and the guy cut him. And he shot the guy in the hand. Of course, the guy didn't didn't press no charges or nothing, didn't tell him nothing. But other people was talking, so they put my son in jail. And they made a deal with his wife to give him up. And the other guy wouldn't have to come to court. The other guy was on papers. My son wasn't on papers, but they don't want the other guy. They just wanted him. This time, they sent him for 20 years. Wow. Wow. Oh yes, but one time they he had his son his his uh oldest son mother let him keep him, and he was up in at the trailer park in the trailer. They went looking for another girl and boy who had been stealing somewhere shoplifting. They saw him, so they decided they wanted him. They started knocking on the door, so he wouldn't answer the door. He called me in. And uh, other people was calling me, telling me to come up there. Said uh, it's a bunch of cops up there with guns out waiting to shoot him when he come out, cause they said he had a gun, but he didn't. And when they find out he didn't have a gun, but they was they had ambulances up there. They had, I mean, people was everywhere. But a lot of black people came out. My nephew, who's a preacher, he came, and then Pastor Lewis came. I mean, it, it was a big thing up there. But I did tell them one thing, cause. I mean, I was ready to go down with my son. And the lady that was helping me and talking to me, I'm looking right at her gun. I said, now, that's the gun I'm going to use on them when they start shooting my son for nothing. Mm. I was going to let them kill me, too. Lord, how much? But, I mean, it was so many people came up there. Okay, uh, Todd Hunter told them that's who the chief was in. And, you know, he believed in big excitement, so he had... The jump out boys, he had everybody up there waiting to shoot my son. When when uh my son told my daughter to come get his son, they were saying they he was holding 
uh, somebody's little boy hostage. They didn't know that was his son, and it wasn't no hostage case at all. So when um, when uh, so, so you know, I was gonna say, you know, this is live teens, seventeen, sixteen, fifteen, fourteen, and so on. But right now, twenty twenty. You still have these type of things going on in the South. Oh yes. Oh and, yes. And, and just to just to let you know how bad it is, this, the representative Louis Gomer, and if mm-hmm. you don't know who Louis Gomer is, he's the dumbest, biggest clown in Congress. He is probably the the, the most fickle little joker mm-hmm. that they have in, in 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 Congress. He represents this kind of stuff. You know, mm. there's there's yeah. stories about him being part of the Klan and all this other stuff. But do you know they just recently had a vote on outlawing lynching? Only four congressmen in the entire Congress voted, allow it to be lawful. So that when they hang black men and women in the woods, it could be a hate crime. Do you know that oh. Louis Gomes voted against that? Mm. Lord have mercy. But, you know, I mean, I used to send different things that was going on in Jasper to Washington, D.C. Uh, I mean, everything, all the wrong stuff that the cops was doing. One night they came to my house. They were looking for Courtney. And I told them he wasn't here. Officer Poindexter pushed the door and came through my house anyway. With no warrant. No warrant. Oh, they don't have warrants around here. They just go in and do what they want to do. <laughs> Jasper, Texas. Yeah. So, just so you know, people, there are still places like Jasper, Texas. This is roots down here. here. Yes. This is worse than roots. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I have to agree. I have to agree. In fact, they might get by with anything they want to do. There's a city right before you go into Jasper. Uh, if you're coming from Center, Texas, or if you're coming from Nacogdoches, um, the little city right before you get to Jasper. So uh, many of my listeners may not know, but, you know, I, I'm a a Mason, and uh, St. Augustine, Texas. St. Augustine. St. So, Augustine, Texas. Yeah, that's where that's where the Cottons are originally from. So. Oh yes, me too. That's my home too. Yeah. Okay. So I was coming through St. Augustine, and I stopped at the uh, sheriff's office, and mm-hmm. I let them know that I was going in. Uh, actually, was a PD. I think I stopped at the St. Augustine Police Department. Yeah, because yeah. he was a PD. So I stopped at the St. Augustine Police Department to explain to them that, you know, I'm an ombudsman. I'm the ombudsman general. And I'm going into Jasper for my investigation. And um, the chief said, wait a minute. It's 7 o'clock p.m. Well, I started off probably from Henderson, probably about 5 o'clock. And uh, so 
uh, I said, yeah, so I'm going to get a hotel and uh, go ahead and start in the morning. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, you don't want to do that. Um, why don't you uh, stay here tonight uh, or go back home and come back in the morning? And let me see what me and my boys can do to help you out. And I said, well, no, I didn't drill He said, yeah, but it's probably just as good, just as well. Well, that's when they first started the recall. I had no idea. But I took his his, uh, his wisdom. Mm-hmm. So when I got back to Henderson, I get a phone call from the mayor. And he tell me, he says, uh, John, his name is John. He said, Bishop, I heard you down there in East Texas. I said, yeah. He said, it was about 11 o'clock at night. He yes. said, well, don't you go down there in East Texas messing around. He said, I talked to the chief. chief said, no, no, no. So we got a patrol car, and uh, we're going to take the lights off of it, but you uh, put the ombudsman sticker on there. And uh, you might want to put your Masonic stick on there, too. He said, but, uh, you know, they see that patrol card in there, you know, they they have a little respect for the law. Not much, but a little respect for the law. He said, don't you go down there in that Rolls Royce or that Mercedes. He said, you emotion, you ain't going to make it back. And your boys down there, they play hardball down in Jasper, Texas. He said, ever since they dragged that boy a bird and they had to get them boys and put him on death row, he said, they ain't too happy about it. But you know that's where all that area is where the clans be roaming all the time. Oh, yes. I got up yeah, there's plenty of clansmen right here in Jasper. <laughs> I got the police <laughs> and I went back down there and I stopped there again in the St. Augustine. And the guy said, oh, now you look better. Okay, but they told me, you make sure you call us when you coming back, and we'll meet you right there at the at the uh, part of entry. Well, I didn't know that because it was still in the daytime, of course, but didn't know yeah. that he was absolutely right. I got down there. Next thing you know, I started getting a couple trucks to follow behind me. We stopped, and we did what we had to do, and, you know, mm-hmm. I said, you It'll stop, but it'll stop at least about 200 feet behind us. You know, not to keep going. We turn, they turn, but they wouldn't, you know. Now, did you ever know Claus Rogers? I don't know him. Pastor Claus Rogers, him and uh, uh, Noah Cotton Daddy was really good friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard about him, but I didn't. I don't know if I met him. He died a few years ago. Yeah, but I know that we did. We went. We went to some church. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a uh, the city council member. He was on there. Uh, 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 good man. Uh, he got us a church to to meet in, and we mm-hmm. talked to a bunch of people. Um, and but uh, when we got ready to leave, uh, we had uh, escorts to take us up out of there. And uh, so we ended up getting the Justice Department. We ended up getting commonly the Pope Freeman from the Justice Department to get involved, uh, be, you know, because it, it was that bad. And I tell you, uh, 
I still have stuff on the internet where they went and wrote stuff and oh man, I tell you, this woman told me she says I'm going to slap your nigger face. I said, man, oh you. Lord, yeah, right there at the council meeting. And Mike, yeah, Mike, here in Jasper, yeah, yeah, Mike, Mike said, slap him. And I said, don't do that, man, because when you do, I'm gonna knock every tooth out your head. They'll beat your husband to death for letting you for letting you hit me. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I almost had a fight down at the city council. <laughs> this this white lady, when I go to walk, she get in front of me, and then she turned around and asked me, "What is your problem?" I drew my fist back to hit her, but another friend of mine caught me, caught me and I'm glad she did. She got my arm, and they carried me on out. Yeah, people so. don't realize, and they're very confrontational. And like rattlesnake things, you know, they are very confrontational. But it was something because I said, you know, I would knock every teeth out, tooth out your head. And then I would yeah. beat your head in the death for letting you hit me. Don't so right. please. I thought you supposed to be a bishop. I said, but your God ain't through with me yet. Yeah, but you're human. <laughs> yeah, she wanted, she wanted to act like you wasn't human. Just because you're a bishop don't mean you're going to let nobody beat you down. <laughs> no, I'm going to do more Beat me, stomp me, beat me in the name of peace. No, Lord, don't do that. Right. Don't do it. But, uh, yeah, that was. So, uh, Marie, right now you're in a position that they're offering you a, a settlement of $8,000 or 200 and possibly $80,000 award. Mm-hmm. Well, you have been awarded this. It's not a settlement. This is what the jury awarded you. Right. And these people are playing. And then, and then the man filed bankruptcy. After it was awarded, he filed bankruptcy. But since then, things have happened. You know, he never wanted me to come to bankruptcy court. They used to send me a letter to come. He told me there wasn't no sense in going. They wasn't going to let us have nothing. That was to keep me from going. But if I had been able, I'd have went anyway. But I didn't have the money to get the Beaumont right then, you know. Marie, I'm on a fixed income. You sure have uh, received the lack of justice. And oh, yeah. uh, we're going to ask the Attorney General to look into your case uh, as a case of abuse to the elderly. And right. I was talking to some attorneys, and they said, well, you can't go around one way, you go around the other. So um, we're going to ask that they review your case from its entirety for abuse to the elderly. We know that you okay. are a grandmother, and you're trying to take care of your family. And right. we hope that that petition will at least get some justice in your case. Okay. And thank you for coming on the show tonight. Marie, mm-hmm. is there anything else that you want to say about what? Is well, um, I'm I'm going I'm going to tell you a lot of things that happens in Jasper, St. Augustine, all around these small towns. Like in Woodville, it was a guy drug uh, five years before bird, but they swept it under the rug because they scared down there. One lady, the boy's sister, told me to. Be sure to tell them about it. And then another lady scared up, and she told me, no, don't mention it to them. But they drug him in Wolverine, and they was under the rug. Nobody never knew about that but just the people in Wood. Then they cut up this lady's son a few years ago, 
because he was going with a white girl and throwed him in her yard, but he still lived. But he was cut up. I mean, a lot of things go on around these small towns that nobody never know about. Wow. But I'm the whistleblower. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I guess I'm the whistleblower. I'm telling what I know. Because they never scare me. You know, I know I ain't going to die till God get ready for me to die. No way. So. That's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. Well, you know that okay. uh, I'll be in touch with you. And uh, okay. hopefully you will get the justice that you you seek. I'm sorry that you have to live through this, but I'm I'm yeah. I glad that um, that we're able to at least expose some of these things. You know, oh, and yeah. least, I tell you, God bless you. God bless you. Okay, and, don't and same to you. And don't forget to vote. Oh no, I won't. Oh no, I'm Democrat. <laughs> God bless you, man. All right. Thanks for coming. Uh, you know, wait, let me mention this, though. You know, every time Obama won, you know, the two uh, terms that he won, yeah. each time the mayor would get on the radio and say, yeah, he won, but he didn't win in Jasper. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I started to call him and tell him he's still your president. I don't care where he won it. <laughs> but I didn't. I caught myself. I said, I ain't going to do that. Yeah, because he he's a is he still the mayor? Yeah, oh yes. Mm-hmm. No, he's still our drunk mayor. Well, God bless us. So going to hell. <laughs> All God. right. Thank you, mayor. I'll talk to you later. All right. I appreciate you listening to me. God bless you. All right. You listen to the Ombudsman Pressure. I'm your host, Bishop L. J. Gillery. Yes, Black history is still. Is still withstanding the abuses of racism. And every single day, I get phone calls from people asking for me to step in and help. If you live in a city and the mayor is racist and he tells you that he don't give a damn about niggers, he has his own radio uh, sh- uh, station, not just a show, a station. And he has done the things that if you go online and you look, you know, the newspaper, his radio station are in cahoots. But there's still other newspapers that will get the stories of what takes place in Jasper. And some people would ask, you know, it's almost like watching in the heat of the night. Why would anybody want to live there? When you talk to these people, they tell you this is my home. If we left here, we'd have to leave mama, grandma, great-grandfather, all of them in that cemetery. And it's hard for them. Brian, I do hear the crackling now. I I don't know what what I did to do that, but I do hear it. So, How's things going? Things are going. This is this is the twenty ninth. Twenty ninth. We had a 
gentleman that we were going to have on uh, the show tonight. And when you talk about black history, this guy, he is Mr. Black History. Uh, I've even taken on the notion of saying I am black history. Some of the things I've lived through, some of the things I was able to see with these eyes, I am black history, a walking black history. (laughs) Walking black history. So I'm trying to get my next guest. Bear with me for one second. I hope all is well. And we are so elated that summer is on its way. What do you all think about this new virus that they have out? Scare everybody up. On the one part and on the other part is to downsize it. pretend like it doesn't exist. I don't know. You know, I guess the good thing is that we're not going to go any sooner than we're supposed to go. So that's the only good thing. Sometimes they can try to scare you up and make you think it's more than it is. And sometimes they can try to pretend like it's nothing. I don't know, though. This corona flu might be a little bit more than they they might have made it up in the lab. But sometimes things get mixed up with other diseases and becomes a super monster. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is you're listening to the Unbuzzing Press Show. We're glad to have you, and we hope we hope that you're enjoying the show. I am going to refrain from that and get on down here. We're trying to play center at the college who came on and helped us put on. The Black History Show. And it, it was nice. It was really nice. Hope you all can go online and see it. To know your black history and to know American, America's history. Because black history is America's history. That's what I've been saying. So, we're going to do this for a second. And then we will be ready to go. Here's the latest news. From Reuters TV US at 6.21 p.m. today. Dear Eric, not to Brought to you by Fidelity Wealth Management. An American dies as more coronavirus cases show up in the U.S. 
A U.S.-Taliban agreement spurs hope for peace. This is Reuters Now. In a hastily arranged press conference Saturday, President Trump announced the first U.S. death tied to the coronavirus outbreak. Unfortunately, one person passed away overnight. She was a wonderful woman, a medically high-risk patient in her late 50s. But the president, who was trying to convince Americans that his administration top of the situation was wrong on one detail. Washington state health officials said it was a man, not a woman, who died. Health officials who said the patient was among one of the state's new cases are still not even clear how he got it. The first reported death in the U.S. capped off a frantic week where federal and local health officials scrambled to contain the rapidly spreading disease. President Trump tried to reassure the public Saturday that his administration is prepared for the possibility of a large coronavirus outbreak and warned more cases were likely to follow. Speaking at the same press conference, U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services Alex Azar said despite this first death, there was still no need for Americans to panic. The risk to any average American is low from the novel coronavirus. The risk remains low thanks to the unprecedented actions President Trump has taken and the actions he's announcing today. That risk remains low. But this can change rapidly. To prevent sick people from bringing the virus back with them, the Trump administration announced it is expanding travel restrictions from Iran, which has been hard hit by the virus, and urged Americans not to travel to Italy, South Korea, or any area with active infections. But that still doesn't address a rise in the number of cases of unknown origin, where Americans have come down with the virus, even though they haven't traveled to an infected area or interacted with someone who has, something known as community spread. Trump has come under fire for his handling of the coronavirus and has repeatedly blamed Democrats and the press for the criticism. And I'd like to just ask and uh, caution that the media, we would respectfully ask the media and politicians and everybody else involved not do anything to incite a panic because there's no reason to panic at all. But panic is exactly what he's facing on Wall Street. Stocks had their biggest one-week plunge since the financial crisis, with the Dow falling 13% in a seven-day slump. The markets will all come back. President Trump will meet Monday with leaders from the pharmaceutical industry to discuss ways the U.S. can help speed up drug development. As worries grow, this outbreak could turn into a pandemic. Support for Reuters News comes from Fidelity Wealth Management, where your advisor will partner with you to develop a flexible investment strategy that can evolve as your needs change. Learn more at fidelity.com slash wealth. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. The U.S. and Taliban insurgents signed a historic deal in Qatar's capital, Doha, on Saturday that could see the end of an 18-year war in Afghanistan, spurring hope for millions of citizens that years of bloodshed are finally over. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo arrived on a flight from Washington to bear witness to the agreement, which paved the way for the United States to gradually withdraw its troops and for the Taliban to initiate a formal dialogue with the Afghan government on a permanent nationwide ceasefire and power sharing in post-war Afghanistan. But there are doubts over whether it will lead to a lasting calm, and many anticipate that negotiations could be very complicated. 
Hours before the deal, though, the Taliban ordered all of its fighters in Afghanistan to, quote, refrain from any kind of attack for the happiness of the nation. For U.S. President Donald Trump, the deal represents a chance to make good on his promise to bring U.S. troops home. The security experts have also called it a foreign policy gamble that would give the Taliban international legitimacy. The war, which has killed tens of thousands of people, began when the United States launched airstrikes against Afghanistan just weeks after the September 11 attacks on New York and Washington by the Afghanistan-based Al-Qaeda militant group in 2001. Those were your top stories for today, brought to you by Fidelity Wealth Management. From CNN News Briefing at 1.12 p.m. today. Hello, I'm CNN's Anna Cabrera, and this is your evening news update for Saturday, February 29th. President Trump addressing the nation Saturday on the coronavirus outbreak as health officials confirm the first coronavirus death in the U.S. The president is urging Americans not to change their daily routines, adding there's no reason to panic. The head of Trump's coronavirus task force, Vice President Mike Pence, unveiled new travel restrictions on Iran and new travel warnings for parts of Italy and South Korea affected by coronavirus. The U.S. and Taliban have taken a monumental step aimed at paving the way to end America's longest-running war. An agreement signed in Qatar by the U.S. and Taliban outlines a series of commitments from both sides that is aimed at bringing the... Okay. Seems like that's the hottest news. Uh, Rihanna, how are you doing tonight, sweet? You and Greg are out and about, uh, I guess. I'm going to take that for yes. I want to send a shout-out to uh, the brother of mine, uh, Herb Wesson, who is running for uh, the second uh, supervisorial seat in Los Angeles. He was formerly the president of the Los Angeles City Council. He's a former speaker of uh, the California State Assembly, and he is definitely my Masonic brother and a good, upstanding gentlemen in the community. We look forward to having her uh, supervise. Though he is uh, being endorsed by Maxine Waters and quite a few others, uh, (laughs) Auntie Max endorsed two candidates for the same seat. Imagine that. So did you guys hear that uh, the GOP rep is calling for Romney to be expelled from the Republican caucus? When Republicans do things like this, it makes me, it sends my skins quivering because they just don't leave well enough alone. First of all, how are you going to expel him for listening to evidence and voting? If anything, you all broke the law. Because you listened to something, you promised and swore that you would be impartial, and then you voted along the party line. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Tell me something good. That's the good thing now. Tell me something good. So truth be told, we have a number of people that are just – Asking and asking and asking. Uh, this is Chris with the mic 
Bloomberg campaign here in California. We need your support for Mike on Tuesday. So can we so we can defeat Donald Trump? Are you with us? You answer that for me. So What can I say? Can we respond? I'm trying to really understand the social media thing. Um, (laughs) Oh, so last night I'm down at the uh, Second Street Cigar Lounge, and directly across is the LAPD headquarters. And across the street from that is the Los Angeles Times mural building. So this gray big edifice of the LA Times is going out, going under, going, going gone, right? So people are not just they're just not reading newspapers anymore as much as they used to, uh, or not at all. <laughs> but so LA Times decided to make a presence online. The LA Times online. So they jump up because of their money and prestige, and their stories are always right there. When you you know when you Google something, it pops up right you know, but they want you to pay a subscription to read it. With all of the good stuff and all the garbage online that you can read, they I, I guess they don't understand. You're not the newspaper anymore. <laughs> You're not the newspaper anymore. Um, and most people, as long as they know it's the truth or there's some truth to it, they're willing to read the, these new journalists, uh, cyber, cyber journalists. Your old fogey LA Times journalists are not in anymore. So uh, you go to your Google and they're right there. They have a story. And you have to actually pass the story to um, go to another story so that you can get the true story. Because if it's LA Times, you got to pay for it. And who wants to pay for something they don't even want? Nobody. Well, maybe somebody. Not me. Um, I understand that Jackie Lacey is having a big problem with her re-election campaign. And uh, I, we, we've, gotten a, we've gotten a little bit of uh, Forbes is saying that if the IRS asks you about cryptocurrency, on your taxes, you better be careful when you answer. So just a little shout out to that, you know, um, in case you didn't know. Um, you better be very, very careful when you answer. Very careful. You know what I mean? 
I know what you mean. So, I miss my engineer. She's been silent lately. I know since she's been silent, she won't mind me doing um, my buddy who has all of the answers. Um, He has been around and around. And uh, so I would like to know what he has to say. Oh, want to announce uh, so uh, the the Compton Chamber of Commerce uh, will be having breakfast with the captain. This is a, um, a business community and clergy, uh, you know, that will be meeting the new captain of the Compton uh, Sheriff's Department. That'll be Saturday, March 7th, 9 p.m. You can RSVP with the Compton Chamber of Commerce. That's 310-631-8611. And that will be happening at the Hope in Christ Church, in the great city of Compton, where the good pastor, Edward Robinson, is the host. Amen. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> not that out for Dr. Uh, trying to read all these text messages that you guys are sending me while we're doing this show. Um, you guys are something else. You, um, Send me these text messages. I can't do all this stuff at one time. I used to have an assistant that would answer the text, read the voicemail, uh, do all that. uh, And now I have to do it all. (laughs) What I get, right? Okay. Um, So many things are going on in the country. But I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get a few people on the line. because it's important uh, that we share a few things. Um, sending shots out to those people that went out to vote. Like I said, sending shout out to those people who got out to vote. Uh, appreciate you. That meant a lot. That meant a lot, a lot, a lot. So just to let you know, just to let you know, lots of things going on. Lots of things going on. In the great city of Los Angeles. 
So we have a, an invitation here. Wow, we're getting plenty of invitations. I'm not going to do the list. Okay. So Wow. We have to continue. As opera has the ceasefire. Under this deal, the U.S. laid out a 14-month timeline for the withdrawal of all U.S. military forces, and the Taliban will work to prevent any group, including al We have a So... To the show, Walter, listening to the unbuzzing press service. What's going on with you, Walter? Tell me something good. Well, looks like uh, Biden had a revival. Tell me a little bit about it. All I know is he won South Carolina. I haven't done a whole lot of research. <laughs> he got me a little flat-footed. So, um, and um, the uh, Saunders dropped out, who spent millions of dollars on nothing. Who dropped out? The Democrat who was left, who was the millionaire, and I'm drawing a blank at his name. Oh. <laughs> he even had a dance with a bunch of uh, – he made a bunch of people dance with him. It was hilarious. I saw it on Instagram. I'm drawing a blank. Well, uh, tell me what you know. Tell me what you know. Give me some good stuff. What's going on? Oh, you want the good news? Okay. Good Coronavirus news. will be, be pooping out here pretty darn quick. Okay, good. And, I mean, you know, when I hear from you, I know you've got some exciting news today. So I'm ready. Lay it on me. How many people, <laughs> how many people met with Trump when you went to India? Say again? How many people which? Met Trump in India. Oh, it was. Well, I've heard anywhere between 110 and 120,000 people were at the largest cricket soccer stadium in India, and they all had white Make America Great Again hats on, and the prime minister, as you saw, greeted him with a hug. How many world leaders meet the president of the United States with a hug? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Without a doubt. Uh, Yeah, billionaire businessman and liberal activist Tom Steyer, S-T-I-E-Y-E-R, he dropped out. Really? Yeah, he's done. I mean, he had he had a snowball's chance. So now he had mentioned that he was going to give millions of dollars. <laughs> no, no, that's that's <laughs> that's no, Bloomberg. No, no, no. This is before Bloomberg got in. Shire said that regardless of whether he won or not, that he would spend millions of dollars. Don't see Trump. Now, maybe that's before he said that with the Democrats. Well, that's interesting because um, Doomberg said that uh, if he doesn't win the nomination, he'll spend a billion dollars against Trump. Well, he can be right now. Yeah. Because it doesn't look like those Democrats are going to give him anything. 
Oh no, uh-huh. Well, I just I'm just reading Grudge, and it says here that uh, Duberg's campaign plans 2,400 events in 30 states uh, ahead of Super Tuesday. I would like to have a definition of what an event is. Is that enough? Is that just like 15 people in the living room? Hey, well, you got that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Did you catch? Hit the last Democratic convention where he actually almost said the word bought. I spent a hundred million and um, and bought all and I mean helped all the the Southern Democrats win. What? He caught himself in in stating at the last Democratic convent, uh the last Democratic debate. He said I spent almost a hundred million dollars and I bought. I mean helped. He almost said bought. He caught himself. Oh. It, it, it's very funny. He, I mean, he got three quarters of the word out and said, I helped people. <laughs> well, let's tell you something. Sanders thinks that he should get it. Just so that he can say that he did it. That's it. That's 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 his bragging. And what for bragging rights? Well, you tell me. Well, it's not, well, no, it's not, it, it's not worth it. I mean, <laughs> and everything stays the way it is. The Senate is going to be Republican. Yes. So they're not going to do anything. They're going to let them do it then. Well, so the House, but yes. The House, right. They're going to be so pissed off with the fact that he screwed it up for them. He's just going to be president. That's it. Yep. Without a friend in the world. <laughs> We've got a few. Name one. Okay. <laughs> I said name one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell me something. There was a big UFO situation that everybody was keeping in the rock. Oh, there's probably a few, yeah. Why is it every time something happens like that that we always go silent first? Wait, why is it which? Yeah, I lost you. Whenever there is a UFO sighting or something that yeah, yeah. is explainable, they always go silent like it's required. Well, either they go silent because they don't want to give some stupid answer, which they usually do, whether it's a weather balloon or um, a reflection on the lens of the camera or it's a, it's a planet or something. Um, maybe they couldn't find some goofy explanation or they just want to let it speak for itself. I believe that we've already – see, you have to look at the UFF thing. It, it, it's twofold. First is disclosure, which everybody goes, okay, I'm waiting for the President of the United States to come out and say, yeah, we're not alone. And then there's confirmation, okay? We've already had disclosure. Disclosure is it happened many, 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 many times. And the issue is have what's been disclosed – how easily or challenging is it to be confirmed? 
we are not alone, and I think most people will admit and agree to that. What capacity or what degree or how many or who, that's the question. So why did um, when Trump decided that he would put together a army? Space, Space Force? Yeah. Okay. They, they told him, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Well, what you have to understand is <laughs> there are so many black ops compartmentalized in the secret space program that they have to have somehow have to sort of ease, ease it in. What's interesting is when you look at the secret space program, the Navy has been miles and miles, pardon the pun, ahead of the Air Force for a very, very long time. The first spaceships that went out in space were submarines that were modified. Why? Because it doesn't matter whether you're under the ocean and you're in an airtight compartment or you're in space in an airtight compartment, the concept's the same. So the Navy has had a lot of inroads, and actually uh, Dr. Michael Sala, he's in Hawaii, has written a book about it, and I've read it, um, and, and what's going on. So the Air Force basically initially said that the, the Space Force initially was going to be under the Air Force because that would have been the, quote, given people's perspective a natural progression. And the Air Force said, forget about it. We aren't interested. So that got tabled, and then it, it got revived. So that's, that's kind of the progression of things. Um, but the thing is, there needs to be a way to naturally introduce things to the American public, to the world, that's been in existence for decades. And the only way to do that, of course, is under the auspices of something that's been, quote, created, that's pretty much been there already. Okay. Okay. So do you think that the American population is ready? Yes, I do. And I can give you one simple proof. They use two, actually, uh, pro and con. They use the War of the Worlds radio broadcast from Orson C. Orson G. Wells, Orson G. Wells back east back in the day in the 40s. They made a little tiny announcement in the beginning that this is a portrayal and this is all fantasy and this is drama. And then boom, right, the broadcast started. People didn't catch the little intro and had a meltdown, right? But if you look at the attack in Los Angeles in February of 1942, there were two spaceships, UFOs, that were in the harbor of, over, the, over the water in San Pedro. And almost 1,500 rounds, and these were pretty serious rounds um, that were fired at the two crafts. One held its own, and, and lights were shining on it. In fact, it made it on the front page of the L.A. Times um, in, the 19, in February of 1942, and they all, they all, every year they have a reunion. And one crashed, and the Navy got it. And as a result of that, they kind of formed some stuff in relation to UFOs. Um, I can look it up real quick. But the point is that everybody here in Southern California that was along the coast, and people are still talking about it because they were, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, and they're still alive. Um, they were out there. They were fine. They were looking at it. They didn't run away. They didn't panic. They just sat there and watched the whole thing. Um, and um, nobody, nobody had a meltdown. So I firmly believe that the public is ready for 
a more formalized disclosure, even though we had it in um, December of 2017 and early 18, um, to be to be ready to to do what I, to believe in what they've already believed in is confirmed. So I think I think people are ready. Originally, they thought that, um, you know, from a science perspective, from a political, and most importantly, from a religious perspective, people would just have a meltdown. And I don't think that's the case anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting perspective. I mean, what what do you think if, if all your friends said, hey, we're not alone and you know, there are UFOs and ETs and all that sort of stuff. Well, I already knew that, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it. Um, I wouldn't take it any, you know, any way other than the way it is. I grew up at a, in a time where ET was my friend, you know. Sure. You know, so we were, um, even though. Lost in space and all that stuff is cool. They prepared us. My generation was prepared. You know, I just wanted to know with my dad, well, I said, hey, how is it that, you know, the, the little young Will, Will is there in space and there's a little, little black kid? <laughs> yeah, he's the dad. Some black kids to play with, and my dad would tell him, tell me, uh, "No, you guys probably break up the stuff on set." I say on set. He go, "Yeah, they in space." I couldn't understand it, but it prepared me to think about um, space, other, you know. Um, other entities besides humans. You know, same thing with Star Wars. You know, I don't know what they have out there right now for this generation, even though they have all these cell phones, um, that really even make that even a realistic situation. Yeah. Well, there's more of a validity to Star Trek than you think. There's a backstory. It was called the Battle of Los Angeles. It happened February 25th 1942, and I mean the front page of the Times. People can look it up and just let me look it up on your favorite favorite search engine. There's a picture here with the front page of the Times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lights were shining on this flying saucer that almost 1,500 rounds were thrown were thrown on. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you can't go on the LA Times website. No, you have to pay for it. But I just I just went to uh, a non-Google site. I don't trust Google. Um, and punched in UFO 1942, and it came up. So it was in San Pedro, February 25th, 1942. And people can read up on it if they're interested. So tell me, why don't you trust Google? <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, um, they have uh, wiped out pretty much 
as much as they possibly can on a conservative perspective. Give you a very easy example. Trump in his tweets intentionally, and every time it's done, it is intentional, misspells words. My favorite one was Kofefi instead of coffee. And Google figured out pretty darn quick that it was intentional, and it basically means we've won. And so people would go to Google and punch in what is the definition of Kofefi, and they can't, they can't find it. The Friday after the election, all the particulars, principals at Google at the time, had a big meeting, and they literally cried on stage. I just heard the CDC, the Center for Disease Confusion in Atlanta, they cried for five, five days, uh, the fact that Trump won. But the point is, they have a vendetta against Trump, and if anybody manipulated um, the election, it would be Google by their own admission, and you can look this up, between 2 million and 2.5 million votes may have been swayed uh, in favor of Hillary. Based on the Google uh, search? Search, yes. Okay. Because you would punch in Hillary's email, and, you know, Google's notorious for auto-finishing. Well, it auto-finishes in terms of the email issue that was going on at the time and, you know, late, late, late prior to the election – Google eradicated all those from the searches, and you couldn't find it. So I use anything but Google as often as I can. Okay. I like DuckDuckGo, okay. but it's a personal, it's a you know matter of preference. DuckDuckGo. Yeah, www.duckduckgo.com. It's very similar to um, Gulag. I call it Gulag now. Google. But it, um, they don't keep track of what you've searched, and uh, they give you whatever is there. Mm. Not biased. Good. Now, Google was recently sued yeah. by the federal government and for selling your location. Well, they've been doing it all the time. I mean, basically, you have to understand when you use Google Maps, for example – how in the world does Google know what traffic is, no matter where you are, and it's pretty darn accurate? Because every single Android cell phone, I'm sure it might even be iPhone, but I know it's Android, whether you have the GPS on or not on your phone, Google is using that information to determine what traffic is. They have to do that anyway, because basically your cell phone is a glorified pager. And they have to triangulate it with three cell towers to find out where it is so that when you're on the phone and you go from tower to tower to tower, they're able to continue the conversation. Wow. Wow. And it makes me mad because I use Google traffic periodically. I have my own GPS in my car. And I'll, I'll you know, drive around and go places. And I just found uh, Google goes, well, how was this place? And how was this place? And how was this place? Right, right, right. this place. And it's like, uh, I, I drove by there, but I didn't go in. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, they, they, you know, they're really pegging me and what my opinion of goodness knows what for whatever reason um, in my gallivantings. So it's just a little, dis- a little discerning, a little, little uh, um, disturbing, I should say. Did you notice that in the movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger played in where uh, the advertising, you go <laughs> the, the, the advertising, the big boards would pop up 
They would advertise specifically to you, right? As you walked on the walkway, the advertising would be talking to you specifically. Yes. We're getting to that. Well, no, we're already there. For example, Facebook did an experiment with several retailers in Northern California, the Bay Area, and you would have your phone with you, and you'd walk into the store, and they would recognize your face from facial recognition if you're using Facebook, and they would text you, hey, we see you're at the store, and we know you like thus and such. You can buy that and get a discount. What? And it absolutely freaked the customers out. I think it lasted three days, and they absolutely had to shut it off. Yeah, you'd walk into a store, camera would yeah, recognize your you, face, you, and they'd yeah, go, hey, man, we notice you like blah, blah, blah. We offer it. Go for it. Well, the first place they started that, uh, besides Facebook, was in Las Vegas. Uh, because there's oh, so yeah, many, absolutely. You know, you do facial recognition. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, so um, now I notice that it, it, you're right. Um, Walmart, they have the face recognition right there where you were, because I never knew how Walmart was able to get those people. If they banned the shoplifter from the store, he's banned from <laughs> all the stores. Yeah, from everyone. Yep. Right. So the greeter there, you know, is there to make you look up. Well, the I greeters mean, there, actually, they, they stopped the greeters and they brought them back. And the re- they realized that with the greeter and actually, more importantly, people watching you leave, that the pilferage was, was reduced dramatically and justified yeah. their existence. But, but when they speak to you, 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 I mean, it's only logical that you look them in the face. In most cases, yeah. like, you look them in the face, you do. Well, the camera gets a real good, clear shot. Yep. And um, uh, so... Uh, you, you would go in the store. You would do what you whatever you were doing, stealing or looking. But the LA, I mean, the, but the police would be right outside the doors. Yep. And when you come out, they arrest you. So this young person was being arrested. I says, "Well, what did she do?" They said, "Oh, she has a uh, do not trespass," and she went in the store. You know, I said, "Well, when did she get the non trespass?" I guess the shoplift. Yep. And they call the police to give you a no trespass. Yep. And she goes, that was all the way to Colorado. And they go, no, that's in any store. Yeah, no, weird pack. yeah, no, I know. And and Walmart is notorious. They they are they are huge, and their claim to fame actually is their their distribution. For example, if. One particular store is just absolutely, for some people, people are going crazy over buying a particular item. By the next day, that item will be a whole bunch more in that particular store to meet the need of the customers. Yeah, their, 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 their distribution system is, is, is incredible. Yeah, that is right. That is right. Okay, so let's talk about this election. We have a few days left, and we have a lot of people who are going to be just out. Tell me, so we already got Styers. Styers said, forget it. Styers yep. was the team who started the recall uh, almost right after uh, Trump was elected. He went on. He <laughs> I, I, I vaguely remember that. Very, very, very vague. He, he started petitions. Uh, you know, and, and what was interesting with Styers' campaign, I felt like he got a head start on everybody else because he was with these uh, petitions, but you got all these petitions at petitions.org, 
if you guys look it up with Steyer, um, at least two years ago, uh, he was even doing commercials on TV. However, he failed to get into the Democrat Party and do anything because the Democrat Party is very clannish. These, oh, are the These are the Dixiecrats. These are the ones who uh, want to wanted to kill blacks for being uh, uh, for even wanting to participate in the electoral process. So uh, many of many of the people don't realize that um, these Dixiecrats haven't changed much in their politics. No. They eat their own. Yes, they do. So, when we see these young people who are trying to challenge the old, old fossils and bring new ideas to the party, Nah, I'm trying to hear it. Now, tell me about booty cheeks. What is booty cheeks doing? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I agree with you. What I think is going to be very amazing is they do not want – let's expand on that a little bit with the Democratic Party. They don't want Bernie Sanders. They know that Bernie has no chance against Donald Trump. And, of course, everybody who's socialist, and that, I think that says a lot for our educational system, thinks Bernie's wonderful. And it's going to be, quote, a brokered convention and superdelegates. I mean, what in the heck is all the superdelegate business in relation to the fact that, you know, people choose whoever they choose. And, of course, they want to choose who they want to choose. And the twain aren't going to meet. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how the convention in July pans out. Booty cheeks, I don't, I don't know. Um, I haven't pulled the results of... Uh, who came in second in um, South Carolina? I know. I know that Elizabeth Warren is already casting her chips. Rumor has it she's trying to go for a vice president seat. Wow. Let's see, South Carolina. Ow. Here we go. Okay, here it is. This just in. Ninety uh, percent reporting. This is from Gulag. Uh, Joe Biden got around, I'm going to round up or down Joe Biden got 49% Of the vote Next was Bernie Sanders With 20% wow. Next was, Oh Tom got third Oh my gosh Tom got third uh, with 11% And then Booty Cheeks got 8% Tom Where was Mike Who <laughs> Who <laughs> Those are the top four Okay. Oh, wait, we show more. Okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. So, Booty Cheeks got uh, 8%. Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas got 7 Amy got 3 uh, uh Tulsi got 1.3. Andrew Young, who dropped out, got 0.02. Michael Bennett, I don't know if he's in, he got uh, 0.01. You know what? Bloomberg isn't on the ballot. I remember he's in some states, he's not on the ballot. Right, that's right. He didn't make it. He didn't make it on the ballot, so he he didn't get any votes because he wasn't on the ballot. So, but yeah, Tom Steyer, who got 11 percent, no delegates, bailed. 
And so the two winners, obviously, are Joe Biden with 28 delegates because it's, it's not an all-or-nothing state, and Bernie got seven uh, delegates out of the deal. Wow. And everybody else got nothing. But, yeah, um, uh, Booty Cheeks came in fourth, which technically was third because Tom had dropped out, and then Elizabeth Warren was next, and then Amy. So uh, off to Super Tuesday we go. Super Tuesday. Yep, next week. Be sure and vote. Oh, I'm not voting. I'm a delegate. Let me find out what's going on. <laughs> Don't forget to vote. <laughs> I know, right? So... What do you think? Who's running against Trump? Um, there are a couple of people. One already dropped out. He was a millionaire. Pretty much, um, okay, you know, um, show. Oops. Or, or Democratic. Um, that's a good question. I mean, in New, in New Hampshire, for example, um, Trump got 120,000 votes on the Republican side, which I we talked about before, which is double what the two previous presidents that were incumbent presidents, one was Republican, one was a Democrat, got combined. Well, I, I want to make an announcement right quick. We have uh, coffee, coffee with the Putin. We have Dr. Johnson uh, from the conference camera conference on right quick. Uh, Doc, tell us a little bit about your coffee. Good evening, okay, Bishop. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you. There tell was no GOP primary in South, in South Carolina. Hold on a second, Walt. Sure. Dr. Johnson, tell us a little bit about your coffee with the with the captain. Okay, that's going to be on Saturday, March the 7th, Bishop. And actually, it's going to be breakfast with the captain. The Compton Sheriff's Station has actually been without a captain, a uh, tournament captain for 11 months. So this particular captain was selected uh, during uh, the new sheriff, Sheriff Benedict Weaver's uh, process. He had a new process of selecting the captain. So she was one that was selected and was placed at the Compton Sheriff Station in October. And she's been meeting actually with town hall meetings with the residents and so now she wanted to touch bases with the businesses and clergy to see what the three entities can come together to do to make Compton a better place to work uh, and play. So this breakfast is actually for our business community as well as the clergy community, uh, a chance to actually meet with the new captain of the Compton Sheriff's Station and discuss the issues uh, surrounding our city and see how we can come together to make it um, a better Compton. What is your uh, number for the Chamber of Commerce within the call and the RSVP? Thank you for that, Bishop. Uh, the telephone number at the Chamber is 310-631-8611. Again, 310-631-8611. Or you can email cptchamber at aol.com. CPT, which is Compton, Chamber 
at AOL.com. Now, most most importantly, uh, if you have a business in the city of Compton, if you are, have a church in the city of Compton, and or if you are a clergy, uh, and you want to get to know who the captain of the uh, sheriff station is and have breakfast with other business owners, entrepreneurs, and, and clergy persons, they call the chamber uh, and uh, RSVP. This will be an RSVP is mandatory for you to uh, for them to be able to have the appropriate amount of food, uh, you know, and to make sure that they have your name tag, whatever they need to have for you there. Dr. Johnson, thank you. You do so much good work in the great city of Compton, Long Beach, in the surrounding cities, in, in, in South Bay. God bless you. We look forward to working with you. Thank you so much, Bishop. And it's always a pleasure uh, speaking on the show and speaking with you. And you also a very, very staunch supporter of the Compton Chamber of Commerce. And I just want to say thank you for your support throughout the years. Amen. God bless you. Okay, well, tell me about this Republican convention. Really? There, there was no, there was no primary for for the, on the GOP side. They didn't even want to spend the money. They didn't want to go through it. It basically is a vote for Trump. Um, <laughs> looking at the Western Journal, it says it took Joe Biden 32 years to finally win a presidential primary. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a little hard on old Joe. <laughs> old Joe. Old Joe thought he was running for Senate. And uh, but yeah, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Old Joe said, "Bro, you guys, you know me. You know I work. I was a vice president under uh, Barack Obama. My name is Joe Biden. I'm asking you a your vote for Senate." <laughs> Listen, <laughs> he really was passionate. He was really passionate about it. I'm sure he is. <laughs> so, so this this information that you just gave out that Steyer is out. Where did you get that information? Oh, I just it's it's on Politico. Um, I just got it. It's on Drudge. I mean, it's it's all over. I think it's on Drudge. There's several major news sources that are already announced it. There's not more. There's more than one. So he was having a town hall meeting. Yeah. I was scheduled to go to a town hall meeting with him. Oh, you probably would have seen him dance. Oh, he was going to dance? Oh, he paid a bunch of people to go on stage and dance with him. They were rappers or something. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I saw it on Instagram. It, the comments were hilarious. Okay, Tuesday the they, 3rd. They compared, they compared his dance to the scream that um, Dr. Well, what's his face did years ago. Um, oh. Uh, I he made that noise? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. So, you call it. Who's going to win the primary for the Democrats? Well, you know what? I, it's going to be either Bernie or I think it's going to be Doomberg if, if Doomberg um, gets it. Yeah, here it is. Dances, dances with rapper Juvenile, and it goes viral. Uh, roasted as, dor- as dorky. Um, came out. <laughs> it didn't go over very well. Oh man! I think he probably did it in South Carolina. Let's see, he probably should have got a little cannon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I guess he's not that good of a dancer. No, he should have got a little Kim. Then he wouldn't have to dance. <laughs> yeah, the Bay Area billionaire, blah blah blah, millionaire. Uh, anyway, 
So, I mean, what is your take on who you think may win the Democratic one? I don't know. I don't know. See, when you eat your own, it's hard for me to decide which one you're going to, you know, where you're going to go. <laughs> that's yeah. true. I, I just, you know, and that's why I've been, I've just been, you know, there's times when I will cross over my ballot just so I can help uh, a you know, a person I know is a very good person that need to be elected. But I was telling some friends of mine, I said, you know, being being that I've spent so much time now in Texas and I see things a little bit differently. Well, good. When I came back, when I came back to California and I seen that the, the two-party uh, system had been changed, the primary, it's the two highest vote-getters, not the Democrats. Yes, which is totally – I mean, I think that's so wrong. I mean, you know, the Republicans – I mean, you know, one of these days Republicans are going to win, and, and it's going to be fine. But the point is, it's so wrong. This, this state is so flipping corrupt um, and so incestuous because when you do realize that um, Nancy Pelosi, and I know you know this, Gavin Newsom, I mean Newsom, um, and um, Kamala Harris are all related in some way, shape, or form. And Jay Balgetti, it's 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 crazy. It, 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 this state, as big as it is, really isn't that big when you look at politics. Say that again. There's there's some videos out on YouTube that compare um, Gavin Newsom, as you well know, is related to Nancy Pelosi by marriage. Okay. So the two of them are are two peas in a pod. Um, he's their he you know Nancy. Uh, Gavin Newsom is Nancy Pelosi's nephew or something by marriage. Okay, and then, and then and then you have Newsom's father was the was the curator of Jake Paul Getty's estate, so he's been very connected. His father was, and then by default, Gavin is by the by the power of Getty. So Newsom so, comes comes by it, you know, uh, through, through marriage and and power and politics. Pardon? So bring in Kamala Harris because they left her out there with no vote and no no pedal. Well, uh, I think she's going to get. I think I think with this the Smollett issue, she's going to get in trouble. Um, with because she was on the phone with Smollett and um, Michelle Obama, I believe. That you know, there's six federal counts now against Smollett, so it's going to be and Booker, I think, is involved indirectly as well. It's going to be very interesting to see how that one uh, comes out to play. You know, they're trying to do this anti-lynching thing, so. Um, that whole thing has been been revived. Well, I think that sometimes you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Well, that's know true. Know when to walk away, know when to run. You know, well, then, well, that's true. But then, how do you how do you explain Blasio, the former governor? He was only I think the, I think the five of the last six governors in Illinois have gone to prison, and so. He had several years left of his term in prison, and of course, he just got uh, pardoned by President Trump. You follow that one at all? Yeah, I did. Yep, I sure did. Yeah, he's on he's on all the talk circuits, um, basically saying the same people that went after him are the same crowd that went after Trump. Well, did you also hear him say he he, he was like Nelson Mandela? You know, he said he. <laughs> I think I did hear that. I, I think I did stop. hear that word. I had to stop, and I looked at his eyes. How they were thinking. <laughs> I said, "No, you look more like the Lemonhead or Mad TV," but no, not Nelson Mandela. Um, 
<laughs> there are some people who uh, they go after. Uh, Texas. We had a congressman in Texas who was brilliant, and he decided that he would take the NRA money, but he would win uh, seats, and he won Congress. I mean, he, he turned, overturned Congress. But in, uh, they sent him to prison for doing it. Oh, well. <laughs> he won the PO. Right. So, and I, I think it's, I think it sends a message, and I think he's getting his ducks in a row specifically against the corruption, uh, the former president, and we'll just have to see how they line up and not. Well, you know, hey, it's a, it's a, it's a jail. Did you say it's a jail cell? It's a jail cell. No, it's a jail cell. C-E-L-L, election. If you lose, you go to jail. <laughs> if you win, you know, hey, you let people out of jail. That's just the way it is right now. You know? I, I mean, think about it. Uh, if Trump loses, do you think that there will be criminal charges filed with the new AG? That's a yes. If there's a, if there's a, Democrat, if there's a Democratic Congress, Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like there's probably going to be some against Holder. Come on, Fast and Furious was a disaster. And Huber was all over it until they demoted him. Well, Fast and Furious. I I want to know what you think about uh, Susan Rice coming out and threatening Snoop Dogg with her army. Um, I'm afraid I heard a little something about Susan Rice. So Susan Rice, I, I'm afraid I don't, I don't, I don't have enough information to comment. Um, I know she was mad at somebody for something, but I'm afraid I didn't really catch it all. Okay, so you know who Susan Rice is? Yes, I do. Okay, so Snoop Dogg had words with Gail King for what she said about Kobe. Yes. yes. So, so, oh yes. So Susan Rice came back after uh, Snoop Dogg's mom told him, "Look, son." She's a 70-year-old lady. You know, I, I taught you better than that. Snoop Dogg came back and gave a very emotional uh, apology. apology. Yeah, okay? Right. And explain, explained that I didn't say we were going to do anything to you. I just said that we should stop fucking with you. Okay? I shouldn't have called you a bitch. I apologize. Right? So right after that, here comes Susan Rice. Snoop Dogg, you better back the fuck off because if you don't, I'm we're gonna bring an army and it's gonna get ugly. Now I want to know what army she gonna bring. I mean, you you're the former t- former secretary. Uh, I mean, uh, 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 UN. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she yeah. was with the UN security. You know. Yes. So so what army? We know that you have potential access to armies. But why are you bringing that shit into something that's a civilian situation? And and, and who are you to threaten somebody? I, I immediately said, you know what, Barney, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't have somebody that has sit down at Security Council, you have that type of clearance, and you're talking about bringing the army on a civilian? <laughs> and what authority do they have? Does she have to do that anyway? 
Exactly. Well, I wanted to know, does she still have her security clearance? Because, I mean, hey. Oh, the more than likely she does. I can tell okay. you that. There's that a high probability that if I, had to, if I had to answer that question, I would have to say, yes, I be, there's probably a very high probability okay. that um, they do. And that's where I came in. I said, you know, I don't know if she thinks that she could just threaten people because they're from Long Beach, you know, but, hey, I'm from Compton. Long Beach, Compton, they roll together. So yeah. I want to know, I want to know, you know, let's check your ass. What, what are you doing on that level, uh, having that level of security threatening civilians with an army? <laughs> and what's the army? I agree with you. You know what I mean? Hey, maybe we ought to snatch your security clearance and, 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 you know, make sure that you don't have any old contacts. I mean, are you going to send black water? Are you going to send white water? Are you going to send, you know, pee water? What, what are you doing? <laughs> just, I'm just yeah. saying. You know, he had already apologized. There was no need for you to come in like a superwoman, you know. And uh, I said, isn't she under indictment or something? I remember Clinton uh, uh, and her co- using, talking about some stuff, and, and all of a sudden there was, you know, hey, you want to talk about indictments. So, you know, I remember during the election her name came up quite a few, quite a bit, and there was supposed to be some investigations. Maybe she should be more concerned about that, you know, than what Snoop Dogg is doing, you know. I'm yeah. Just saying, I'm just saying. But no, you know, I it's, hear amazing. You. it's amazing how they come out and they, uh, they, you know, gangbang. That's what I call it. They gangbang. <laughs> well, they gang up. Yes, they do. No, they gangbang. <laughs> that went over your head. See, that's what happens when you're a conservative. <laughs> no, I'm being honest. I had heard there was a lot of gang banging going on in the White House when the Clintons was in, and she was involved in it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, most people think that she only came around when, it, when, when, when Obama got elected, but she was around during the Clintons as well. That's when she started. So. Yeah. She was in the DOJ. Yeah, she's uh, she has an army, all right. Well, there's more. There's more that's coming out with um, Loretta Lynch, the little little uh, meeting with Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton. And it would have gone off without a hitch, but somebody in the in the uh, media actually saw them and uh, noticed. So it almost got pulled off. Well, and the rumor has it that what Bill did was that if Hillary won, because um, she, she, I guess, did some things regarding the election, if Hillary won the election, that she would be up for a Supreme Court justice slot. Uh, oh, okay. So that's where that goes. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the promise. Yeah. Supreme Court justice was just around the corner. So there you go. And and we know that would have worked. <laughs> yes. There'd have been dead bodies at the damn <laughs> Well, you're talking about dead bodies. Um Ruth Gator Ruth Bader uh Ruth weekend at Bernie's Buzzy Ginsburg has had three body doubles. Um and she died last February. A year ago. I have a friend of mine who actually pulled the obit who pulled the uh the registration of her death at the funeral home, and then within 
six, four to six weeks, it was, it was, it just got taken down. Wow. And so they don't want one more uh, Supreme Court justice, which obviously would tilt it even more conservative uh, that Trump to do. And um, it's going to be very interesting. And I don't understand why that hasn't been an issue, even though up until very, very, very recently, Trump had his hands full and could had his hands tied, if you will, uh, with some form of impeachment garbage. So um, seriously, the last one I saw a picture of, her hands looked real, her fingers looked really, really long. And she was wearing a dress that her knees were shown. And the knee didn't look anywhere near the age of somebody who's in their mid-80s with, with um, pancreatic cancer. So that's just my observation. Um, well, I'm going to switch reels right now. Okay. Uh, we, have, we have Ladies of Distinction that is going to be putting on a fundraiser. Uh, well, not really a fundraiser, but a just acknowledging the great women uh, that have did tremendous things in their community. And uh, I wanted to have Dr. Johnson to tell us a little bit about that, if she's uh, if she don't mind. The Ladies of Distinguished, uh, the Women's Month is February. Uh, Dr. Johnson, could you tell us a little bit about uh, this event that you're putting on? Sure. Thank, uh, thank you, Bishop. Uh, as you know, February, March is Women's Month. And so the Compton Chamber of Commerce will be actually acknowledging women of distinction uh, that have made an impact in history and arts and culture or just in society uh, in general. So actually the board nominated five different women. We'll be nominating five different women. Today was the last day. And we will be honoring those women the last Friday in the month of March for their accomplishments. It can be something um, just actually where you have been uh, just standing in the gap uh, for any situation. It be it for a politician, be it for homelessness, something of that nature. But the the nominees actually come from board members, and they get a write-up as to what the women have done. And we will will honor them for their, their stance in society with what they have done to give an impact to further the women movement. So the the people that want to attend, uh, the tickets can be purchased on the website of the Thompson Channel Commerce, or how do they do that? Yes. Uh, actually, the uh, information should be going up within the next couple of days, and you can purchase through the uh, the website uh, with the Thompson Chamber of Commerce. You can also call into the chamber and purchase your ticket uh, with your credit card or you can also send a check-in uh, to the chamber's mailing address. So it can be done three different ways. Okay. Uh, you all have the information. Please support and please, please, please recognize our great women. Okay, Thank you well, so much, Bishop. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I appreciate having you around. I appreciate the great work that you do on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce here in Compton. Uh, you know, most people recognize that the Chamber of Commerce was established in 1923, and you still got it flying high and shining. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. Bless you, Bishop. So, well, tell me what you, we're going to close it out real soon. Tell me what you're thinking about uh, this uh, booty cheeks. 
Well, I, I, Booty Cheeks obviously didn't do well in, in South Carolina. Obviously, the big test is going to be next, next uh, Super Tuesday. Um, I think people are realizing um, that he's truly a Booty Cheeks. Um, his military experience was totally a fake. Um, in fact, there was a thing that bounced around in the last week how his mannerisms and words were word for word of a speech that a speeches that Obama was giving during his um, stuff yeah. as well. So that's why he, they kept saying, "Well, oh, he sounds he reminds me of Obama." Well, he was yeah, it was word <laughs> for word. He, I mean, he changed just a couple of words. The mannerisms were the same. The words were the same. The reflections were the same. It was an Obama speech, and it, it was more than one speech. It was different parts of of, of the same speech. Or you know different speeches. Yeah, it was. I mean, they did it side by side. You can you can probably pull it up on your favorite search engine, and and you know they're they're really trying to go. Okay, he's you know he's our guy. We want him to be the next Obama. Well, I think that's that's what you know. I I I, I reserve the right not to to have any input about the, the booty cheeks. The the one thing that bothered me. <laughs> I gave him the name Blue Cheeks. I love it. I've used it. I think it's great. Yeah. Um well I know And you know and you know Bernie San I'm not Bernie. Um uh <laughs> Joe Biden has gotten busted more than once on plagiarism as well. He ran for president once before and I think it was like nineteen eighty or something. It was way back. And he he quoted a a speech that I think it was a French politician. So in other words it was translated, but somebody somewhere, somehow, some way figured out Oh my gosh! I've heard this speech before. Pulled it, and it was word for word in a French speech. And he finally admitted it, and he blamed a you know speechwriter and had to bow out. So plagiarism is not new. Um, um, well, to, you know, to things. Uh, of course, they did the same thing with uh, Mrs. Trump. She used word for word the uh, Former first lady. Well, that was word. That was word. That was from Michelle Obama. I was going to say, but Michelle Obama, you know, she plagiarized Elizabeth Dole. Michelle, on those words, plagiarized Elizabeth Dole, and then uh, Melania plagiarized oh, Michelle Obama. And the word came out that Trump said, "Hey, use these words," and they just they used them. <laughs> listen, I I did not ever see that Michelle Obama, with all her baby. But all of the things that she say in her speeches, that this could be anything that Elizabeth Dole would come up with. Um, I didn't see that. And I said, well, I read two articles that when the time came out, it says, well, you know, Melania may have used some similar words. Trump took ownership for it, and he said, hey, man, use these words wherever they came from. And the speechwriter didn't even do, the, do any research and threw it in. And But, and yes, it was from a Michelle Obama, but when you look back and someone did, again, some research, the words that Michelle originally used that Melania used came from Elizabeth Dole. <laughs> That's not true. That is not true that, that if you if – you, that little, those little things that they put up on Facebook now, they, they fact-check it, and they tell you no – that's absolutely not the truth. And I have my feelings about Mr. Elizabeth Dole. Uh, the Doles were good people. Well, but they were. You know, all the money that Mrs. Dole made from the Red Cross, you know, the last thing she would do is write a brilliant speech like like Miss uh, Miss Obama. No, she never – she would not – I don't know anybody that would write uh, – rewrite something that Miss Dole uh, wrote. I, I don't ever remember Mrs. Dole being – Given an award for her speeches, or even being acknowledged for her speeches, 
and our fact checker here with our station uh, just fact checked that, and that's not the truth. So I don't look it up myself. I recall an article. I could be I could be wrong, but I thought it was hilarious one way or the other. You see, this is the thing that this is the reason why uh, Facebook started this new program. If you put something up there and it does not have any uh, or some truth to it, they're going to find it. They're going to take it down, or they're going to tell you. They're going to put a uh, uh, a notice on there on the screen saying this is not true, false. Well, I have an article right here from the internet that says Michelle Obama borrowed words from Elizabeth Dole. Okay, tell me what, who, and how that's on there. Anybody can put anything on the internet, but what? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to retract it. It's a it's a it's exactly. in a form. Exactly. It's in a form. So exactly. that 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 doesn't. Uh, you won't find. Although it. although well here sbceducation.udole. There's someone else who puts factual on it that uh, Elizabeth Dole's speech from the 1996 Republican National Convention, uh, Michelle copied. So uh, I'm, it, it's out there, okay? And here's another quote from somebody else validating it as well. So Elizabeth Dole made a speech at the National Republican Convention in 96, and Michelle liked it, and Melania did too. <laughs> First of all, uh, she gave credit to Mrs. Dole for a quote. Okay, a quote. well, all right. Then, there you go. Then you never mind. That you rewrite a, a quote. I quote Elizabeth Dole, and that's how you reach across to her. Well, yeah, you, I, give, you, give, yeah, you give her credit. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So, it, it, in the interest of time, if you plagiarize, you use the whole entire speech without acknowledging. Yep. Those words, and you, That's a problem. you, 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 it, you make people believe that those words are actually yours. And and yes, you know, that's a challenge. One of the things that we learned at Toastmasters is that it doesn't take anything away from your speech when you give credit to Correct. those wise words. In fact, it makes you feel. I mean, it makes people believe that you're well learned, and you have the ability to. Uh, take time and read other people's writings, particularly when they're uh, different from yours. If you're a liberal or if they're conservative and you read, Minister Farrakhan, I think, is one of the greatest persons I know to be able to use Christianity against Christians, uh, quoting things from the Bible. Yes, I've, I've heard some things ministry. of his, and it, it, you're oh, right, it's quite surprising. Uh, I've seen him in Baptist churches, and he'll have those Baptist ministers in their Bibles looking for the the very thing right. he's quoting. Yeah. Take, yeah. take your yeah. time and read your own Bible. You know. But anyway, we're gonna end on that note. That's a good note to end on. I well, want. I just wanted. To, I wanted. To, I wanted to take. If you take one minute, I'd like to address yeah. really, really fast yeah. Yeah. The, the fear yeah. porn regarding yeah. coronavirus. Oh, Walt, I don't want to block you. We're out of time. I don't pay okay. for overtime. Thank you All for right. talking. Well then, thank, thanks for uh, chatting, and we'll do it again. Call in. Take us home, Rihanna. The homeless is still homeless The poor is still poor Yet we find billions of dollars 
to fund senseless war. And yes, we're fighting terrorism. What about the quiet racism? Dividing among ourselves. Somebody's crying for help. Heaven is listening. Heaven is watching. Heaven knows. And they may not play this on the radio. Cause the devil don't want you to know. If we don't stop the hypocrisy, the nation will lose its soul. Then rather play music about money and sex. Like we don't have no intellect. Somebody need to show some respect. Cause God ain't through with us yet. Heaven to listen. Heaven is watching. Heaven knows. Yeah, yeah. Heaven knows. Heaven knows. The preacher that's not preaching. Oh! 